Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be finishing up my positional rankings. So I've already gone through my top running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks. So today it's time to go through my top 20 tight ends. And the tight end position is very rough for fantasy football. I'm not going to lie about that. I think I basically have like a solid top six and then maybe a seventh guy added on there. But after that, it just gets very messy. But in this video, I'm going to try to break these rankings down the best that I can. And while you're watching this video, if you're enjoying the content, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Then let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. If I'm being honest, you know, there's a million different ways you can order these tight ends. So if you think specific ones should be higher or lower, just comment down below, tell me your reasoning, and I'll make sure to respond back to you. But let's just get right into it, starting off with the easy number one tight end, Travis Kelsey. I mean, I don't really think this needs much of an explanation. He's been the tight end one at the last three seasons, attached to Patrick Mahomes, and just an absolute fantasy beast, provides an insane positional advantage. Then after Kelsey, I have Darren Waller and then George Kittle. You know, they are very close together in my overall rankings. I did just give Darren Waller the slight edge because he is the clear top weapon on his team. You know, that wide receiver room for the Raiders is a mess. Whereas George Kittle is going to be competing for targets with guys like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Plus, if Trey Lance does take over, you know, he may steal some of those targets just with his rushing ability. So I still think Darren Waller has, you know, a little bit of a margin ahead of Kittle, but they're very clearly still in that first tier of tight ends. And then I think there is a very clear second tier here from tight end four to tight end six. So it's going to be Hawkinson, Andrews, and Pitts in that order for my rankings. I really like TJ Hawkinson. He's going into his third NFL season and he really has the chance this year to take a huge leap. And a big part of that is just going to come down to his target share. You know, he was already targeted over 100 times last season. And that was when they still had some weapons on this team. You know, Kenny Galladay played a few games of the season. You had Marvin Jones. I mean, now this team is just barren when it comes to talent. So I think TJ Hawkinson could very easily lead this team in targets. And I mean, if he's getting like 135 targets on the season, that basically guarantees him to be like a top five tight end finisher. Plus with the ability to just get lucky on touchdowns, I honestly would not be shocked if he breaks into that top tier tight end group. And I think he could really establish himself up there, you know, for future seasons. I then have Mark Andrews at number five. So far in his career, he's proven that he can produce at a higher level than TJ Hawkinson. I'm just not sure if his ceiling is there right now, but I still think he's a very safe option here. I think it actually helps him that the Ravens weapons are banged up. So you have Rashad Bateman out for a few weeks. Marquise Brown has been injured in training camp. I think one of their other wide receivers also went on the pup list. So he's just going to have a lot of opportunities once again. If you know Lamar Jackson can really get that touchdown upside that he had in 2019 back, then Mark Andrews should be a top red zone target. So I do think he's just a very solid pick here, you know, late fifth round, early sixth round selection. And then the sixth guy in the second tier group is going to be Kyle Pitts. I do believe I'm lower on him than consensus. I know in a lot of rankings, he's going ahead of both Hawkinson and Andrews, but I just don't feel comfortable kind of buying this uncertainty here in like a fourth or fifth round draft price, which is where he's currently going. It's totally possible that he comes out and just balls out, you know, finishes as the tight end four and even finishes closer to like Kittle than he does to the Hawkinson Andrews group. You know, that is definitely in the cards, but that's just not something I want to bet on. I'd rather see it for a year before I invest in Kyle Pitts 
just because tight ends historically have struggled. And I'm really just not trying to bet on an outlier because if you're picking him like late fourth round, early fifth, you really need him to hit because you can be passing up on solid wide receivers and solid running backs in that range. So that's why he falls in here at number six. And that really wraps up like my solid, solid, solid top six. I think those six guys are pretty clearly going to go in like the first six rounds of drafts. And then, you know, you may not see a tight end come off the board for the next three rounds. But at number seven, here's where I have Robert Tanyan. Right now, he's my favorite kind of late round guy that you're able to get potentially in the double digit rounds. Even though he was very touchdown dependent last year, I'd still rather target a guy who's going to be on a great offense. He's going to have Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. No one really has stepped up to be the wide receiver two on that team. You know, it could be MVS. I like MVS as a player for fantasy, but I mean, he hasn't really firmly established himself. So that means Robert Tanyan can still be very involved in this offense. And honestly, he was just so efficient when he was targeted last year. And so I do think that Aaron Rodgers trusts him and is going to continue to keep him involved. And you know, honestly, for these back end tight ends, a lot of them are not going to get a ton of volume. So I'd rather bet on the ones that are in high end offenses who have the potential to put up a lot of those touchdowns. For me here at number eight, this is where things start to go really messy. I think you can make an argument that the tight ends from eight to maybe like 16 in my rankings could be flipped around in any order. So I'm just kind of going to break these players down one by one. I have Logan Thomas here at number eight. You know, I don't think he's going to have as much volume as he did last year with Alex Smith, but I think this offense as a whole is going to be better. Plus, you're just not going to find many players who have finished as like mid-tier tight end ones recently, which is exactly what Logan Thomas did last year. Plus, he is a great athlete. So, you know, just a guy that I think could be a solid red zone threat and, you know, just a very solid late round selection. Then I have Tyler Higby here at number nine. He's not a guy who has a great track record of NFL success, but the opportunity is 100% there because Gerald Everett is now gone. Plus you now have a major upgrade over Jared Goff with Matthew Stafford. And so if Tyler Higby has the ability, he will receive more than enough opportunities to really live up to this ADP. And he's another very solid late round tight end target. At number 10, I have Noah Fant. I'm a little bit lower on him than consensus. He's a very solid, you know, young tight end. And it's really nothing against him. It's more of the fact that I just do not like this Broncos offense. You have Fant, you have Melvin Gordon, you have Javante Williams, you have Corlin Sutton, you have Jerry Judy. You have all these mouths you need to feed. And who is the quarterback there? Teddy Bridgewater. He is not going to light it up. He is not going to give these guys some huge numbers. So that's really my concern here with Noah Fant. I just think his ceiling is very, very capped. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of touchdown upside on this Broncos team, especially when all those other weapons are there. Then to start off the back half of my top 20, I have two teammates back to back here. It's going to be Dallas Goddard at 11 and Zach Ertz at 12. I really had no idea what to do with these guys. If I'm being honest, this Philadelphia tight end room is all over the place. So basically all off season, we've heard that Zach Ertz is either going to be traded or cut. Then he reports to training camp. Reports still are that he's likely to be traded or cut. You know, he's kind of just showing up for appearances. And then now Zach Ertz comes out, says he's all in on being on this team, like apologies have been made. And now he wants to retire as an Eagle. So that definitely drops Dallas Goddard's ADP a very fair amount. And then just yesterday, I believe we're hearing that Dallas Goddard was in trade talks to go to the Minnesota Vikings before they made that move to get Chris Herndon. So now everything is just all up in the air. I'm someone who hasn't totally written off Zach Ertz. He's been consistently ranked 
as like a 20 or later tight end in fantasy rankings, which I just think is crazy because when you're getting like to the late teens, none of these guys really have any upside. You know, you would have to be so, so lucky for them to even be startable in your lineup. And then you have Zach Ertz sitting there who in 2019 was a high-end tight end one. I just don't think you can be throwing that away so quickly. You know, Goddard may be the tight end one here, but apparently Ertz has looked good in training camp. Plus, this team just does not have a lot of weapons. You've got Devontae Smith as the wide receiver one. This wideout room is very, very thin, and not just because Devontae Smith is there. So I think both of these guys are going to be involved, and you could really go out and get either one of these guys. You know, if you think Goddard is the younger, better option, go out and get him. If you want to buy into Zach Ertz, like past success, totally fine with you going out and snagging him. But that's why these guys come in here at 11 and 12. Then I have Mike Gusecki at 13. And he actually put together a pretty solid 2020 season. He was a mid-tier tight end one, but he did kind of fall off in my rankings recently just because I am not seeing the ceiling there. I don't think Tua's a guy who's going to go out, throw for, you know, around 300 yards per game. Plus, there's just so much more competition, you know, in terms of targets on this offense. They brought in Will Fuller. You drafted Jalen Waddell. And personally, I don't think Mike Gusecki is all that great of a tight end, you know, in terms of talent. So if the opportunities aren't going to be there, he's not someone that I'm going to be reaching up to snag. The next three tight ends going at 14, 15, and 16 are all players who have switched teams this offseason. So I have Jonu Smith at 14, Gerald Everett at 15, and then Hunter Henry at 16. And I'm going to start off by talking about the Patriots duo, Smith and Henry. You know, these also are pretty tough guys to rank just because we have no idea what this Patriots offense is going to look like. They definitely received a bump after we found out Mac Jones was going to be the starting quarterback, because that's just going to lead to more red zone opportunities, more passing volume and targets overall. I am just going to lean on Jonu Smith here because I think he has more touchdown upside. He's also listed as the number one on their depth chart. I think Hunter Henry is a guy who needs a little bit more volume to put up, you know, fantasy relevant numbers. And you do just have a lot of these kind of mid-tier wide receiver weapons on their team. You also have a decent running back room. So I'm just not sure where he's going to get that volume from. But if I'm being honest, you know, if someone's telling you they know how this Patriots offense is going to look and where the targets are going to be distributed, you know, I really don't think anyone can tell you that. I have Gerald Everett here at 15 in between these two guys. And this is kind of another situation where he will have the opportunity. The question is just, can he capitalize on it? You know, he's no longer splitting time in the tight end room with Tyler Higby. He should be the tight end one on the Seahawks team. They're going to be a high scoring offense, a lot of passing volume. He is a great athlete. So, you know, if he's able to go out and play well, the opportunity will be there. We just don't know if, you know, he is that talented and can secure that role. But another very solid late round tight end that I'm probably going to be targeting, you know, maybe as my tight end two or my tight end one in much, much larger leagues. Next up at number 17, I have Rob Gronkowski. And Gronk is not a guy that I'm going to feel comfortable throwing into my lineup on a week-to-week basis. But this late in the tight end rankings, it is very slim pickings here. And I do think, you know, there's going to be a few games this year where he puts up some very solid numbers. He's not going to have a huge target share on this team, but I do think he is still a top, you know, red zone threat, and he's going to score his touchdowns. You know, the question is just when you're going to be able to set him in your lineup. I mean, that's for you guys to figure out, but I do think he has some value as like a tight end to option. Then at number 18, I have Evan Ingram. He's really a guy who's just been a disappointment so far. And this Giants offense is just not promising at all. You've got a poor O-line. We don't know if Saquon's going to be ready for week one. 
Daniel Jones hasn't looked much better. They also brought in Kenny Galladay, which is just more competition for Evan Ingram. So if you're an Evan Ingram truther who still thinks he can break out, you know, maybe he's learned how to catch the ball, then you know I wouldn't hate this pick, but he's really a guy that I just do not have a lot of confidence in. At number 19, I have Austin Hooper, and I don't think he's a player who's going to have a very high ceiling. You're just not really going to be finding that this late, you know, number 19 tight end, but he's going to be the tight end one of a very solid offense. He could have a decent amount of touchdown opportunities with Baker. And so, you know, not a terrible pick. I do think his numbers were kind of skewed last year because the Browns basically played like three games in hurricane-like weather. So I do think his stats could see a little bit of a boost this year, but I feel like this is a common trend late in these rankings. I just don't know when I'd feel comfortable throwing him into my lineup. All right, this is the 20th and last player in these rankings, and that is going to be Jared Cook. He is now the tight end one on the Chargers. So this is really another situation where you've got the top tight end on what I'm expecting to be a very solid offense. I really like Justin Herbert this year. I like Keenan Allen. I like Austin Eckler. So I may as well spread a little bit of that love to their tight end one. Obviously, I'm not a major fan of him because he is coming in as the 20th tight end. But another option here where if you're going to be looking at tight ends this late in the draft, you really want to just go after ones who are going to be on pretty solid offenses. So those are my top 20 tight end rankings. If you guys enjoyed the video, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. And then let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. If you guys haven't checked out my other positional rankings, those are up on my channel. And then tomorrow I'm going to be posting my big board. So I think I'm going to go through either like my top 40 or top 50 overall players. So look out for that as well. But that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you for stopping by and I'll see you guys next time.